says could not do these for sin could not atone all the things that we might try to do on our own he says thou must save and thou alone there's no other way but through Jesus Christ and we have gone over this so much here recently that I want us to all to really understand that it is him and him alone that is able to save us from eternal hell. But we've all got that opportunity and we all are here today. And we can listen, we can hear. And I hope that the message, I know that the message that he will give to us today. And I hope each and every one of us accept it as coming from him. Will be able to help us to draw closer to him. And that is what he's looking for. And that's what we should be looking for. Is how can I draw closer to Jesus Christ. As I am living here on this earth. How can I draw closer to him. And get farther from the things of this world. That will lead us away from him. He says that the things of this world. Is an enemy to him. But we can live in this world, and we can have the things of this world, a certain amount, as long as we don't let, let them become first and foremost in our life. That's, what, that's where we put all of our attention, is in what can I gain here upon this earth. But it should be that what can we do to draw closer to Him, and what can we do to encourage someone else and just the way we live our life, whatever we do, how we can encourage them with words. Is that in our life today? Is that what we are seeking? It's so easy for us to get caught up into the things of this world to where we let the important things I believe there's a place there's a place in the scripture where yes that the Lord was telling me says that there's certain things that yes you ought to do. He said that the Jews had put so much attention into the things of this world. But he says, Yes, you ought to have put some attention to that, but the spiritual part is what you should have put the most attention to. And that's what we need to be looking for today. Because all of the things that we have here upon the earth, all the things that we're involved in, they're temporary. And will soon be gone. Doesn't matter if, you know, if you're just a child here today and the Lord leaves you here to your a ripe old age. It'll just be a few years and those things are gone. But eternity is forever and ever and ever. And it's hard for us to, to understand that at all. That eternity is forever. 
And we have an opportunity to spend that time with God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, and all the righteous. Now, what will we give in exchange for our soul? Are we willing to just put it all into His hands and trust Him with our life? Or do we want to get in the way? Let's all give Him our attention this morning. And let's be at one with Him. And walk with Him. I've opened to Galatians. And I think we'll read there. There's a lot of good everywhere we read. This is the third chapter of Galatians. I want to read a little bit. We're starting in the second chapter. And we'll read that it starts at the 16th verse, the second chapter of Galatians. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And I want you to just stop and think a little bit about what was going on here, and who Paul was teaching and preaching And he had been going around doing these things and writing these letters. But this was a total different situation for the Jews in those days. As that they had been taught that it was by works of the law that they were saved. But now Jesus Christ came here to the earth. And his disciples and his followers, who Paul was one of them, was out teaching that now there is a new way. There is a law of grace. There is a way that we all now can be able, we can know God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us can. And we can receive of that new birth and have that new power, that new spirit to be able to overcome all things. And he just was letting them know and understand. Now this is something that is new to you, basically. He says, you have been taught about the works of the law. But he says, you cannot be justified now by the works of the law. He says, we have believed in Jesus Christ. And that's what it takes. Full faith and trust in Him. That we might be justified by the faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law. But by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? Now he asked that question and then he went right on and he answered it immediately. He says, God forbid... That we should think those kind of things. God forbid that I can be a part of Christ. I can have His Spirit and say, well, if I'm found sinners, 
if I do, and we find out, we see that quite often that we have. It's coming back. I guess now we've got everything back. Hopefully it will be good. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? Absolutely not. There is no sin in Christ Jesus. No sin in God. Jesus Christ was the only man that has ever been here on the earth that lived a perfect life. And that was because he was filled with the power of God. And I want to go over something now to my attention here. Last Sunday I made a statement here in the early part of the state in the early part of the service here. I was reading there about John. And I, I'm told about how John's situation, if you look in the, you don't have to turn there, but in the first chapter of Luke, in the 15th verse, I believe it is, it says that John was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And I made a statement there that said that John did not have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost such as other people had it in those days, or after Christ came here. And as we have the opportunity today, and I want everybody to understand what I was talking about there. John did not have what we had after the day of Pentecost, what people were able to have. John, if you go back and you look, it says that he was filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. But in all other interpretations, basically, it says that John was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the way that I have always looked upon that. And there was other people, his disciples and other things, were filled with the Holy Spirit at that time. But the, the, he, John did not have power over sin in the flesh, just like the people had after the Pentecost. And that was what I was referencing to. And I want everybody to understand those things. That there was people later on. Just as we have read recently. And seen how that God was able to give that to the Gentiles. He gave it to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. And a little few days later. A few weeks. Whatever. There the Gentiles were able to receive it by Peter. Going to Cornelius. And we've read these things. And we understand that. That now there is a difference. We can have the Spirit of the full Spirit of the Holy Ghost filled with the power of God. The other people there before those days, they could be, and there was times where even Saul at one time there, it said that he had the Spirit of God within him. But Saul, we know what took place and happened with him. But the the Spirit of God, the way I looked upon that, was leading John and was leading the disciples and other things. But they did not have the power over sin that people were able to receive after Jesus Christ was here upon the earth. And after Jesus Christ fulfilled all things, that is when they were able then to receive that. So I want to, I want to clarify that so that everybody understands what I was speaking about at that time. But now he's talking about here that if therefore Christ the minister is Christ the minister sin absolutely not. For if I build again the things which I destroyed I make myself a transgressor. For though for through 
For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me." What Paul was speaking about there was a lot of what I was just saying there. He says, I am crucified with Christ. He was crucified. He was dead to sin and dead to the things of this world. But he says, nevertheless, I live. And he's talking about spiritually. He was alive spiritually. But yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And with Christ, that spirit there of God living within him, he was able to overcome the flesh, which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now I want us all to understand that that's what he did. That's what took place. That he died, Jesus Christ died Because of the love that he had for us and to give us that. And we must have faith that that's what took place here upon the earth. That he gave himself for us. And that we can have power over that sin now. And we can be saved. But we've got to be crucified. And we cannot continue to live in sin. Paul says, God forbid that we're going to continue to live in sin. After we have received that new birth. Something would be terribly wrong if that, took, if that was what was happened. For I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And that would be true. That if righteousness could be given to us and salvation given to us by our works. He says Christ died in vain. And I know that Christ came here and he died so that we could have eternal life. He died so that our sins could be forgiven. He died so that we could have power over sin. The law had none of that. The law could not give you power over sin at all. It was a schoolmaster, he says, to keep so, so that people could know how that God would have for them to live. And then if they, they had, they did make mistakes. They made many mistakes. Go back and just read and see what to do. And they had to perform the law to be able to receive, have that righteousness imputed into them. Because they had faith that if they followed that law, then they would be able to have that righteousness within them. And now here, we today have faith that if we follow Jesus Christ and we live in accordance with how He would have us to live and be able to receive the power of God so that that Spirit then is doing those works within us. It's not your works. It's the works of the Spirit of God. Then we can be saved by having that kind of faith and putting our trust in Him, not in ourselves. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Now, look around today. Could it be said about us, O foolish people here today, 
Who hath bewitched you that you should believe something other than what Jesus Christ taught here and what He has had left for us to read and know and what He will teach you and write in your heart and put in your mind? He says, Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? And I see this is things that's going on throughout the world, and it can be, and it will be, right here within us also. That we hear His Word, but then we go out and we want to live like the world, act like the world, dress like the world, and all these things. He says, who is bewitching you? It's Satan that is telling you that you can obey these things, that you can do that and not obey the truth of what Jesus Christ had. This not only would I learn of you, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. And how is it that any one of us, there's nobody here that has ever followed the law and been able to receive that Spirit in our day. Not at all. The only way that we could receive it is just by what He says or by the hearing of faith. Hearing about Jesus Christ, having full faith in what He has said He can do, and then following that, letting the Spirit direct you in all things, being dead. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Are we crucified to the things of the world with Christ Jesus? Are you alive spiritually? We went over this a lot last week. And I hope it has been on our mind this week of where am I spiritually? Where are each and every one of you? Are, have we been born again and are we walking upright with Him today? Are you dead to the things of the world or do you still just want to be involved in this kind of thing? Are you right on the fringe? It was mis- mentioned there. You want to get right to the fringe and see how close I can get to the world. We ought to be saying, how can I get farther and farther from the things of this world and walk closer to Jesus Christ? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? If we've begun in the Spirit, are you allowing that Spirit to direct you? And, in, and remember that it will not be, you cannot continue and make that Spirit perfect by your good works. That won't happen. He can't. You can perfect that Spirit by letting the Spirit dwell in you. And letting that Spirit then work the works within you. And it will, it will be leading you away from sin. It's not going to lead you into sin. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And look and see, I was reading recently about some of the things that Paul was involved in, what all he was doing. And he was going around and he was in certain places and, and he was doing such a mighty work that people would come and they might get a handkerchief from him or an apron or something come from him and take it back to somebody there that had a disease or was sick and they would be healed. That was the mighty work that was being done in him. And he says, therefore, he therefore that minister you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, that was God the Father that was ministering the Spirit to them. God was doing the miracles within him. Doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Was those people being able to be 
received and having the, the devils cast out of them and, and receiving Jesus Christ by their good works or were they doing it by faith that Paul was preaching and teaching the Word of God and that they would be able to be saved or they would be able to be healed by having faith in what Jesus Christ and God the Father could do through Paul in that day. And what can He do through you and me in our day? Are we limiting Him in how our faith is today? Or do we want to get closer to Him and not limit that faith? Have not limit what He can do, but have stronger and stronger faith in Him, just as what Paul did here. Paul had a tremendous faith in Him. And he followed him. Didn't matter where it carried him. Didn't matter how much persecution he had. Paul was following him. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And Abraham did. He had to have faith that what God had promised, he was well able to do. It wasn't by his works that he was able to do that, but it was by having faith in God in his day. And by having that faith then, he was also able to follow the law in his day. Today, we must have faith in Jesus Christ. There is no other way but through Him. He is the Good Shepherd. And He is the one that will lead us. He is the one that will give us victory over Satan. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. God has blessed His people that has been faithful to Him all the way along with spiritual blessings and even natural blessings also. But the spiritual part, He has been right there and people have been blessed and able to receive it and use it and see victory. And that's what I want every one of us to know and understand today and how we can see and know and we can see the victory in Jesus Christ. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. Now Paul again, he was trying to get these people away teaching them that faith in Jesus Christ is how they could be saved. Not in trying to do good themselves, not in trying to follow the law, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And that brings it right down to each and every one of us. Do you believe? And have you got that full faith and trust? And the law is not a faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, 
being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Christ hath redeemed us, he says, from the curse of the law. Man could not follow that. Man didn't have power to do those things. But God gave them away to have that redeemed. And he also told them that he would send the Messiah. And they had faith that that Messiah was coming. And I have faith today that the Messiah came. I know he came. And I have faith and I know also of what he did for others he can do for you. And I know that the people were able to receive of that comforter, that new gift, that gift of eternal life there on the day of Pentecost. He had warned them. He had told them, now y'all wait here until you are endued with power from on high. And there they were. And all together a group of them. And here comes as a rushing mighty wind in there that Spirit is bestowed upon them. And people could see it. It was obvious that that Spirit was there and it can be obvious in our lives today and it should be. It will be obvious in every place basically when you talk about or in a lot of the places when it talks about how that the people was able to receive that new Spirit. It shows there what the power was of God was able to do for them immediately. And it will with us. Just think about what took place. We saw, we've read about what took place there with Cornelius. And they were immediately speaking the words of God. And how that the ones on the day of Pentecost, how that Paul was able to do that. How that others have been able to do it. They saw it. And they lived it. And we can do the same thing today. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. There is one seed there. The promise was made to the group, to the family of Abraham here. And now he's saying, and the promise is made today to the seed which is Christ Jesus. There's only one. There is no other heroes. There is no other nothing way of salvation, but through Jesus Christ accepting Him. He says, I am the way, I am the door, I am the good shepherd. The sheep will hear my voice and they will follow me. And not a hireling. And we see that too much throughout the world today. False prophets, false teachers, and those not those following them that are not of the flock, but being taught and being deceived by Satan. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as one. And to thy seed which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ... The law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul, that it should make the promise of none effect. And the law could not make, take away the promise of the effect of the Messiah coming here to the earth. That did not happen. 
The Messiah came. And that is with us today, that promise. And we can have full faith that he came and he gave, he overcame for us. For if the inheritance be in the law, it is no more a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. And he just keeps on bringing us and telling us of trying to get these people to understand what took place there when Christ was here on the earth and how that the law could not save us. It was a schoolmaster for us, as we mentioned earlier there. But he says, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid, he said. If there, for if there had been a law given which could have been given life, verily righteousness should have been given by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. He just keeps bringing it up, wanting them to really understand. And we keep going over and over here every Sunday, basically, of what God wants us to understand about what His Son did and how that we can know Him. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Believe on what? Believe on Jesus Christ. That He is the one that can take away our sins. He is the one that can, that Father will send that new birth, that new spirit through Jesus Christ to you. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster. He brings this to our attention. To bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith, not by the law, but justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. For we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now I want us to think about the, the law brought forth in the first things there that I believe first of the law that Moses brought to the children of Israel were the Ten Commandments. And those commandments there, there's nine of them there that I believe they were just as strong for us to be abiding in those today and keeping those as it was for them. And you can read throughout the Testament. There's numerous times where Christ talked about those same things to not be involved in them. There was others, Peter, John, Paul, they listed a lot of those things and said, don't let this be one time in your life. The Sabbath day, 
You don't see that in the Sabbath in the in the New Testament there. And I believe that the seventh day was a day of rest for them under the law there. And I believe and he says to keep it holy. And I believe now that Christ came that we should keep every day holy. Not just one day, but there should be. There is a day and there's nothing wrong with using the seventh day or Sunday, it could be we could worship any day. I think that that was done and it was brought about by having some kind of continuity of how that people worshipped and that they had a day. But I don't believe that there's any certain day that we have to just say that I'm going to set that aside and worship. We should be doing that every day and keeping every day holy to the Lord Jesus Christ. But all of those things, if you'll just read through and hear and see about it, he talks about adultery, he talks about thieves, he talks about killing, he talks about lust, covenants, loving the Lord thy God with all thy heart. He brings all of these things to our attention throughout the New Testament, and the Lord does. And that's what we need to be putting our faith and our trust in, and Jesus Christ that and then he will write it in our minds and put it in our heart. Give us that new heart of flesh that we will be able to know and understand. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. He didn't say by the law, by doing your good works. You are all now a child of God because you repented of your sins. And you were baptized, if that's the case. And you were baptized with that new spirit. The spirit of the Holy Ghost. For the remission of your sins. And now you can live, let that spirit direct you in peace. For you are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Only by that. Not of your good works. For as many of you as have been baptized unto Christ, have put on Christ. Now if we have been baptized into Him, unto Him, and put on the Spirit of Christ is what he's talking about. He says, how shall you live in sin any longer? And that, would, that is not the case. If that is the case, if we have done these things, if we have been baptized into Christ, and have put on Christ, that new spirit, then that's going to lead you and lead me away from sin. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, he says. You are all now in one with the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, are, is that our life? Now, if you be Christ, he says, then you are of Abraham's seed, a part of the righteous seed that has been all the way along, and heirs to the throne of God according to the promise that he has promised us. Is that what we're looking for today? 
I want us to all put our full faith and trust in, in that and let's look for it and let's be at one with him in that. I want to turn over and read some here in John. This is the 10th chapter of John. Some of the things that he has to say. Jesus Christ. A lot of this chapter is about him. And about what we are talking about here today. Starting at the first verse. 10th chapter of John. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheep hole, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber in that sheepfold coming in through the door. He says, I, he, he is the door. He says, but he that entereth in by, by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus Christ. And that's what he's talking about. We can't do it by our works. It is by putting our faith and trust in him. He says, he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He is there at the door. And He is the shepherd, and He will lead His flock right into life eternal. He will lead them into that gift of God. If that's what we were, if that's what we are looking for. It is not by our works. Keep that in mind. To Him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear His voice, and He calleth His own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. The sheep hear His voice. The righteous are hearing His voice today. They are agreeing with His Word here today. The righteous have heard that voice. And He has said, Come to Me, and I will give you rest. Put it into My hands, and I will give to you eternal life. To him, to the shepherd, the porter openeth. God gives him the power to open the minds of all who want it. And the sheep hear his voice. He opens their mind. They hear his voice. He calleth his own sheep by name. And leadeth them out. He hears them. He calls them to come unto him. And he leads them out. Leads them out of what? Leads them out of the way of Satan. And leads them into that straight and narrow path that leads to life everlasting. He leads them away from the things of the world. Away from sin. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Paul said he was crucified with Christ. Yet now I live. When he putteth forth his own sheep, Paul understood, now I am a sheep. I am of the fold of Jesus Christ. And he goeth before him, that Jesus Christ was there leading Paul, and he will lead you and me today. And the sheep follow him, his true righteous believers. They follow him. 
They are not being going from one thing to the other. And they are not chasing the things of the world to, to just to entertain this flesh or to do whatever the flesh wants to do. But when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Do you want to know his voice? You know, think about that just a moment. I want to go ahead and read this other verse here first. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Now, listen carefully to that. Those that have accepted him, and that he is their shepherd and he is leading them. Satan is there and he tries to deceive them. He tries to lead them away. He is constantly throwing something out in front of them that they might, fleshly, by their flesh, they might have a desire for. But he is constantly showing them that I am your shepherd, Jesus is. And that stranger, Satan there, I will give you power to be able to discern his falsehoods. To be able to discern the truth from what is almost the truth. It's what this, this true shepherd is doing for us. And we, we the the flock hears his voice and they follow him satan they will not follow they will not be satan we've got that new spirit so it's not going to be carrying us over here into sin if we do that that's us our own self that's doing that and that will lead us to eternal damnation for they know not the voice of a stranger. I don't want to know the voice of Satan. I want to be able to ha- be able to discern and see his wicked ways and be just as Jesus Christ was in when he came out of the wilderness and to be able to recognize his deceitfulness and cast him aside. Put him off. Tell him get behind me, Satan. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. How many today? Is there anybody in here today that does not understand this? Do we need to go over it more and more of who the shepherd is and how that you can have faith in him and how that you can be a part of his flock? Only through repentance. And trust in Jesus Christ. Accepting Him. For the remission of your sins. Having them taken away. Now, you can be a part of that flock. These people did not understand that parable that He spoke. He said, Jesus spake unto them. But they understood not the things which, were, which He spake unto them. Now, isn't that 
that's sad to think about. But you know, there's people sitting right in here today that does not understand what all Jesus Christ can do for them and will do for them. And not hearing the Word. And going about right on and on and on in their own condition of doing things on their own. Then said Jesus unto them again. He saw that they didn't understand it. And listen to what he, he, he wants them. He was, he was not willing to just stop. Says these stiff-necked people that he's called them in other places. They don't want to hear. But he didn't. Jesus said unto them again. He brought it to their attention again. And when he says, verily, verily, he says, let me get your attention. Listen to me is what Jesus was saying. I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now he's bringing it right down, I mean, so that we ought to all be able to understand it. He says, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. People proclaiming that. People, false prophets, false teachers. And they are on the earth today. They have Jesus warned about it in those days. And He said there would be many of them. Let's be sure that we are hearing the word simple, pure, and free. And that we take it to heart. And that we know that Jesus Christ is the door. And by any and by me, if any man enter, and that's the only way we can enter in. Do we saw that when we read the song that we sung today? He said it was in Him and Him alone that our sins could be forgiven. He shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And the way I read that and look at it is we'll be able to go wherever and do our work here upon the earth and we will be able to find righteous encouragement here upon the earth. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we can be encouraged in His work. Is that to say that we won't ever have some times that maybe we are discouraged and that we are down? Yes, we will have some trials and that type thing. But don't ever let it destroy you. Keep in mind what he said, that I am the door. He shall be saved, everyone that comes to him and enters into the kingdom through Jesus Christ shall be saved and will be able to find pasture. You'll be able to find spiritual food to lead you to victory. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That is Satan. That is Satan. And he can paint you an awfully pretty picture of just do this or just go here. Just say so, so and so, whatever it might be. You'll be okay. Look what he did to Eve right there. He painted her a pretty picture. That look at this beautiful fruit. It is good. And you're not going to die. Don't pay any attention to what God told you. And look at the trouble that they got into. He says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life 
and that they might have it more abundantly. Listen to that. Now he's telling you, Satan has come here, and Satan is upon the earth here. And what is he there trying to do? He is coming to destroy you. He's a thief. What does a thief want to do? A thief wants to come in and take what you have. Satan is wanting to come in and take your opportunity, your spiritual life, and destroy it. But Jesus Christ is there with help for us all. And he says there, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That you might have life and more abundantly. More so because you receive after Christ came and he fulfilled it all. Then we were able to receive that abundant life. Power over sin. We were able to receive that then. Because he lived. And because he overcame all things. That they might have it more abundantly. And that's what I'm looking for today. That I might have that eternal life more abundantly than anything else here on the earth. And be able then, as that grows, to keep putting Satan aside. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He is the good shepherd. And he knew that Satan was there and he was such a deceitful being. And that you and I had no power over him. I want you to just think about what Jesus did for us and see the love that he had for us. He says, I am the good shepherd. I love you. And I want to take care of you, the flock. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I want you to think about that. How he hung on that cross. How he was beaten. How he was spit upon. How he was slapped. How he was stripped of all his pride. Not pride. Of all of the glory that he had with his Father before he came here. I had to be brought low even to the extent of thinking his Father had forsaken him there on the cross. That's how low he had to get. But he did not relent to sin. He hung her on that cross. And the pain and the shame of a Son of God being crucified for us. I want you to think about that. I am the Good Shepherd, and the Good Shepherd giveth His life for the sheep. Everything that could be done for you and me, He did it. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep or not, seeth the wolf cometh, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. 
The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. And that is what Satan will do. He will carry you out and get you involved in things and then leave you. Destroy you. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. He knows his sheep. He knows the ones that have truly repented. He knows the ones that has asked. And he will, he says, I am known of mine. Do you know him? The song that we hear quite often, Do you know my Jesus? Do you truly know Him? As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. He had others that was going to be coming upon the earth all the way from the time that Christ was there and He was there and He was preaching and teaching to them about and wanting them to understand about that one fold and believing in Jesus Christ. And He says, there's others that will be coming here upon the earth all the way along. And it's been about 2,000 years, approximately somewhere in that range since Christ was here upon the earth. There has been others here that were of his foe. There have been many that is here that was not of his foe. There has been people that have believed they were, but was not. That is the sad thing. And he warns us about those, of how that there would be some that would come up in that day and say, we have cast out devils in your name. We have done all these things. And he says, depart from me. You work of iniquity. I never knew you. But there are others there that he says, yes, enter into my kingdom. Even though they did not even understand that they were doing all the things that were doing because it was just the natural work of the Spirit of God within them that was doing the thing. And they were not doing it for their own good. For their own, they were doing it just letting the Spirit direct them. I am the good shepherd and known of my sheep and of known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father and lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. But I must bring that they may hear my voice and that there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Isn't that something to think about? That He did this for us. And He said, there. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life. His Father sent Him here 
And Jesus had such great love and the Father had such a great love for him and for all of these things and even the things that he went through here upon the earth. I believe that God limited the time there that he was on the cross. He was only on the cross and Pilate and the others marveled that he was dead so soon. But I believe the mercy of God was extended to Christ because he was doing it in full obedience to his Father. And his Father loved him so much. And he loved you so much. And Jesus loved his Father so much that he was willing to abide in him all the way to the end. And he says, no man takes that from me. God allowed it to be done. He says, I lay it down of myself. And why did he do that? For you and for me, for all of mankind. That's why he laid down that life. That's why he was obedient to the cross. Something that we can't imagine in our life of what he went through. Because we've never, none of us have ever suffered anything even close to what he went through for us. That we could have power over sin. There was a division therefore again among the Jews for these sayings. And here again, they didn't want to hear. Some of them didn't want to hear what he had to say. There was a division among them. Is there a division among us? There should not be any division. We should all be walking with Jesus Christ and getting closer and closer to Him and no division. There would only be division if Satan is there. Something carrying, getting in between us and Jesus Christ. And many of them said, He hath the devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? And there's people throughout the world today that want to discourse upon the Word that is preached and tell you how that's not the case. This, you don't have to live in that way. You don't have to do this. All you've got to do is just say you believe in Jesus Christ. Now go on and live your life, whatever. That's basically these people here are saying, and many of them said, He hath the devil and is mad. Why you hear him? That's kind of what a lot of people would say today. Why do you hear, why do you try to listen to somebody that tells you the truth and that you must walk with Jesus Christ and you must be filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost and that must be, you must have a new man in you. Not still got the old man in you and living in sin. Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil can the devil open the eyes of the blind? Now look, there were two different groups of people. Some believing and some not. Let's all be at one accord here today. And let's believe in Jesus Christ. Let's believe in the words that He is speaking to us. And be at one with Him. And if we're at one with Him, we'll be at one, one with the other. And others said, there are not the words of Him that hath, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. 
And there came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. How plain can it have been told as the things that we are reading here today that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that we must believe. And here these Jews, they wanted something else. And here Jesus had gone into the temple there. And the Jews then came up to him. Those that felt like that we are righteous people and we know what's going on and we're following the law and all this. They came about him and said unto him, and probably in a very sarcastic way, the way I kind of look at it, How long dost thou make us to doubt if thou be the Christ? Tell us plainly. Is that what somebody's waiting on here today? Are you waiting on that? For somebody to tell you plainly that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, I'm telling it to you just about as plain as it can be told. He's the Son of God. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believed not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now Jesus was just being very plain and clear to these self-righteous Jews. And that's what I, if we're here today in that same kind of a situation, I want this to be very plain to every one of us, that I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me in Jesus Christ. The works that He did here on the earth in His Father's name. Do you believe that? Are you? He says, they bear witness of me. Yes. They showed us who Jesus is. But He says, you believe not. Now why would you believe now if I tell you you've seen the works? We have read about the works and read about the things that Jesus did here upon the earth. The miracles and the things that God was telling. How that He could be His, that we would be His servants. His, a part of His flock. That we could be a part of that. And that's what He's just telling us. My sheep hear my voice. He says, you believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's what his sheep does. They follow him. And I give unto them eternal life. The promise of God. Those that hear Him and follow Him. Those that know that He is the Son of God. He's the shepherd. I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And isn't that wonderful to think about? I give unto them eternal life. Listen to that carefully. And they shall never perish. You know, people are scared of death. They don't want to die. Because they don't know 
If they're really afraid of dying, they really don't know that they have eternal life. They don't have that eternal life. They don't know that they can be in a condition that they will not perish when they die, this body dies, but they will go right on into a place there that they are now away from Satan and they are saved eternally. They have that eternal life now that they are saved in and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You cannot take me away from Jesus Christ. You can't take that out of me. I can't take it from you. We could walk away from it. I could walk away from Jesus Christ and say, I don't want anything else to do with you. And He would allow that to be done. And I could lose out. But you can't take it. And as long as I want it, Satan can't take it. Because I can have the power over Satan. I can destroy him. And all that He has to offer to me, I can overcome it by that new birth, by that new Spirit. And you can too. That's what He's talking about. That's what He wants us to understand about. My sheep hear My voice and I know them, and they follow Me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now I want you to think about it. There's people that believe, though, that nothing that... Once you say that you have you've said that prayer and you say that that you can't ever lose that, I can allow Satan to come in and overcome me because I go back to the house that I came in out of. I can allow that to happen because I want to go away from Satan. But no man, and Satan can't take you away if you don't want him to. And that's what I want us to understand. That as long as we want to be a part of that flock, and we have that desire, and we want to do everything that we can to remain in that flock, He will be there for us, and He will give us the power to overcome. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones to stone Him. Jesus answered, them, many good works have I showed you from my Father, for which of those works do you stone me? Jesus, and all the good works that he had done there, and he just told him, he says, well, why are you trying to stone me? For which of those good works do you, are you doing that? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? Now listen to what he said there. If he then called them gods, whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. He was talking about prophets and different ones that had had the spirit of God within them in those days. And they had been called a god. 
a part of God's work the way I see that. They were not equal to God as Jesus Christ was. But he, and he says now, and they believed on those things. He said, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I said I am the Son of God. He says, now you look upon the prophets that way, but now why would you not look? He says, say you of him whom the Father has sanctified, and you should be able to see this by the wonderful works that I have telling you that, I have, that you have seen and know, and we have seen and know the wonderful works that He has done by giving us that new spirit. We have been able to see that. And sent unto the world, Thou blasphemest because I said I am a son of God. If I do not the works of the Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in Him. And that's what we need to be today and understand. That to believe Him because of the works that He did here on the earth and believe that the Father was in Him is how He was able to do those forgiven sins and healing the sick and raising the dead. All those things. He didn't do that of Himself. He said that the Father is in me and I in Him. And you and I can be in Jesus Christ today and be in the Father the same way. Therefore they sought again to take Him, but He escaped out of their hand. And He went away again beyond Jordan to the place where John at first baptized, and there He abode. And many resorted unto Him and said, John did no miracle. But all things that John spake of this man were true, and many believed on him. John didn't have the power that Jesus Christ had. Jesus did many wonderful works here. And he said we would be able to see more wonderful works by receiving that new birth, that new spirit. And I know, friends, that it will, it is there. And I know that we can receive it. And I know it will make you a new man. It will take the old man out and replace it with the new man, the new spirit, and lead you away from sin. Take the desire of sin away and give you a desire of righteousness. It's what will happen. Take it to Him. Let's be at one with Him. And let's know it's not of, of what you and I do. It's what our faith and what the Spirit does within us that will lead us to that eternal life that He has to give to all of those that believe that I will give to them eternal life. I like life. I love life. And I want to go right on out of this world into eternal life. And I want to see each and every one of you there. We will sing number 336, What a Friend. Number 336.
stop and think a little bit about what we've read today is just knowing then that what a friend we have in the man that we've been talking about today in the good shepherd what a friend he is to us that what all he has done for us have we trials and temptations yes we will is there trouble anywhere yes there will be trouble we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And I ask for your prayers. And I want to be praying, and I do, for each and every one that is here. 
that we are able to draw closer to Jesus Christ and that we will be able to see each and every one of us see victory in the end. That is my prayer. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank you for your wonderful words that you have had left here that we can read, we can discourse, and we can know more about you and we can know of a surety that your Son, Jesus Christ, is the Good Shepherd and you are there and you will open the door for Him and He is there calling His sheep to come into Him to be a part of your kingdom here upon the earth, to be a part of the fold of Jesus Christ, your Son. And we can all obtain to that. We thank you for it. We beg for it. And we ask you to lead God and direct us and show us how we can encourage one another in your word every day that we goes by. Lord, be with those that are struggling today. If there's anyone that is struggling to help us to, to just be with them and encourage them in your word. And show us how you would help for us to use the things you've entrusted into our hands that we could help others to know more about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.